The case before you this morning, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, is that of Barabbas. As you may know, Jesus' path crossed with the prisoner after Barabbas had already been convicted of multiple crimes. As such, today's hearing is slightly different. Rather than a trial to determine guilt or innocence, this is a clemency hearing for Barabbas. Only one person can be released, Jesus or Barabbas. It is up to you to decide which prisoner is to be pardoned. All rise, the court is now in session. For the first time in this series of trials, my job appears to be fairly easy. I could really rest my case at this point and not even make an argument, and the action you should take would be just as obvious. Unless you're just plain stubborn and would stand in the way of justice being done, you know as well as I do that Barabbas is guilty. He's been convicted of multiple crimes already. We read in court documents that the defendant's crimes were so heinous in public that he had become a renowned person who murdered and led an insurrection. He's exactly the kind of person that makes you bring your children inside at night. He's the reason you lock your doors. And he's already in jail. So this clemency hearing this morning is a sham. It truly is. What we have on one side is a teacher, confessed by some to be the Messiah, the King of the Jews. A lofty claim, I know. But we've seen the miracles that he performed. Witnesses saw him raise a man from the dead. At the very least, he's a man who acts with the power of God and teaches with the authority of one sent by God. The other prisoner is a convicted murderer. Even Pilate knows it to be true. He has announced that Jesus is innocent. The governor knows no crime has been committed. You have done very well in our time together, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. You've adjudicated fairly and have been a vital part of our legal system. And there's no reason why today should be any different. You simply must free Jesus of Nazareth. As a jury and as honorable, decent people, your integrity depends on this decision. You've been asked the question for five weeks now. What law has Jesus broken? The Jewish leaders, Pilate, those who just don't like Jesus, none of them have brought even one single accusation that has merit. The burden of proof, the responsibility to prove their claim is not on me, ladies and gentlemen. It's on the defense. Because as far as any reasonable person can tell, Jesus is innocent. He should be set free. Barabbas is guilty and should remain incarcerated. As my counterpart comes up and begins his arguments, I ask you to listen carefully. Listen carefully to the reasoning behind his argument. Because he's attempting to do the unthinkable. To free a murderer and convict an innocent man. I see no way you can agree to that. Do not let yourselves be swayed. Let the truth prevail. Barabbas is guilty. And you must keep him behind bars. If not for yourselves, for your children and their children. Thank you, Your Honor. Ladies and gentlemen on the jury, as we conclude our final trial here today, you're faced with the toughest case yet. Each trial has been a preparation for this one. But there's a problem. 
Each week you have come to realize how much you have in common with the person on trial. And today is no different. The man on trial today is Barabbas. He is a murderer, insurrectionist, and the leader of rebellion. Your job here today isn't to decide his guilt or innocence. Today is a clemency hearing. You must make the choice to pardon Barabbas or to free Jesus of Nazareth. Only one prisoner can be set free. You must answer Pilate's question. The choice is yours. It is one you must make. Your decision will decide what happens in the coming week. Now you might be thinking to yourself, hey, now sometimes I'm like Peter and deny Jesus. Or maybe you're thinking, sure, I've fallen asleep on the job once or twice in my faith, but don't tell me that I'm a convicted criminal. I haven't murdered anyone, much less stolen or led a rebellion. There was always a way out of the previous cases. As my colleague tried to convict otherwise faithful people who were caught up in their mistakes. But there is no way out of making a tough choice today. Let me tell you why. From the very beginning, since Adam and Eve in the garden listened to the lies of the tempter and ate the forbidden fruit, everything changed. Since Adam, you have all been afflicted with the same internal, undeniable predisposition to choose yourself over others, to choose rebellion over reverence. From the very moment of your birth, you were not just falling away. You were running away from the things of God. Unable to do anything by your own power or wealth, you have all run headlong into those things which God not only forbids, but those that demand eternal death as punishment. Here again, the words of Scripture. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you kept a record of sins, O oh Lord, who could stand? Just like Barabbas, there is no way you can stand before the Lord in your sin. So not only are you equally guilty, equally as deserving of death as Barabbas, now you must decide if he will be pardoned. So we are brought to the crux of the situation. Just as the gathered crowd in Jesus' trial had to answer the question of who was to be released, so you too must answer the question. Just like the crowd gathered before Pilate, you have an agenda. You want something. You would like to see Jesus set free because you know that this is all a sham due to fake blasphemy charges made up by the Jewish leaders who don't like their power question. You know what will happen if you don't release Jesus. They're demanding the death penalty. Crucifixion. Surely an innocent man shouldn't have to endure that. But if Jesus were to be gone, then there really wouldn't be anyone around to demand your reverence. You could finally be your own God. Make your own decisions free of consequences and guilt. Truly free. Or so you think. The reality of the situation is that there is an ultimate truth. There is a God in heaven who created you and everything that you see, and His divine justice demands a payment for sin, and that payment is death. Something must be done about your sin, about my sin. So you see, here's the truth. It might feel wrong. You might not like it. But you really do not have a choice. 
You must release Barabbas. You need Jesus on the cross. You can feel the sin dripping from your lives, and there's only one way to deal with that sin. Jesus, who is totally innocent, must take your place and suffer the penalty of death for you. Barabbas is not innocent. Far from it. But neither are you. But the choice is clear. You have to pardon the prisoner Barabbas. He will go free, and Jesus will go to his death. Your sin is the reason Jesus is here on trial. And now you must cast the vote that will send him to his death. But take comfort in this. Although you make the unthinkable decision to free a murderer, remember these words about Jesus. He became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5. Jesus does all this willingly for you. He stands before Pilate. He's nailed to the cross. He bleeds and dies because God the Father can't stand to be without you. Through this great sacrifice, your fortunes have been reversed. Through this great exchange, Jesus takes your sin upon himself and you put on his righteousness. You are forgiven and restored to new life. People left wondering, why? Why would Jesus go through this? Why would God send him to earth to be treated this way? Listen again to these words explaining the Apostles' Creed. I believe in Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who redeemed me a lost and condemned person purchased and won me from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. So listen closely, friends. Here is the answer to the question why. The explanation of the creed continues, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. So you see, you must pardon Barabbas, and in doing so, you must declare Jesus guilty. He must go to the cross in your place, so that he might be the firstborn from the dead and win you the salvation he so greatly desires for you. It's going to be gruesome. An innocent man will die. But three days later, your Savior will rise, and the plan God set in motion with the promise of a Savior to Adam and Eve will be complete. Through his death, you will be given life, and you will be declared not guilty. Thank you, Your Honor. Nothing further. <laughs>